As we turn to scripture, let's pray together. Breathe life into these ancient words once again, O God, that we may find here your grace and your summons. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel according to Luke. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. But later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. There's this judge, Jesus tells us, who neither fears God nor respects people. He doesn't care about justice or compassion. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. A widow appears in his courtroom, poor and powerless. She has no money to bribe the judge. She can't afford a lawyer, so she has to argue the case for herself. Give me justice, she pleads, but the judge ignores her. Jesus' listeners know this story all too well, so do we. Corrupt judge, powerless widow, case closed. That's the way the world works. But there's a twist here because this widow will not give up. Day after day, rain or shine, winter or summer, she keeps coming back to that courtroom. Give me justice, she says, over and over and over again. Wherever the judge goes, the widow is there, hounding him, harassing him. Finally, he's had enough. The widow's in-your-face attitude is giving him a headache. He's tired of being hounded and harassed, so at last he gives the widow justice. Not because he's such an upstanding guy, not because it's the right thing to do, but just so she will quiet down and leave him alone. Now, this is a good moment to remind ourselves that we can't always take what Jesus says at face value. If you look over just the last few chapters of Luke's gospel, Jesus has said that the kingdom of God is like a tiny mustard seed, or the kingdom of God is like yeast mixed with three measures of flour, or those who try to keep their life will lose it, but those who lose their life will find it. Now, these are not straightforward teachings. Jesus may always tell us the truth, but he's also trying to wake us up, to shake us loose from preconceptions, to open our minds to new possibilities. And I think this parable is no exception. And we might be tempted to see ourselves as the widow, constantly hounding and harassing God until God gives us what we want. Luke's gospel even seems to set it up that way. But that reading really doesn't add up 
Because if we're supposed to be the widow, that would make God the judge. But look at this judge. He doesn't care about justice or compassion. He doesn't care about anything but himself. That doesn't sound like God. Honestly, that sounds more like us. Now, I don't mean to be harsh. That's not all of us all of the time. But maybe more often than we care to admit, we look a little like that judge. We say we love God. We say we love our neighbor. We may mean it in our hearts, but when it comes down to it, when it's time to close the deal or grab our piece of the pie or pull the lever, sometimes we act as if God doesn't matter, as if other people don't matter. That's why we begin every worship service with a time of confession, to be honest with ourselves about this truth. The unjust judge lives inside each of us, and sometimes he's in the driver's seat. So now you see we've started to turn this parable on its head. If the judge represents us, or at least a part of us, who does the determined widow represent? Could it be that this widow who shows grit and guts, who is full of passion and persistence, could it be that she is a reminder of God? If we turn it around, instead of us as the widow harassing God as the judge, now it's God harassing us. It's God who is persistent and passionate, relentlessly hounding us, calling us to do justice for all the widows and all the powerless people in our world. Luke tells us this parable is about prayer so what does this upside-down reading of this parable tell us about prayer? Well, if God is like the widow, maybe prayer is God's way of wearing us down, wearing us out, hounding us, and harassing us until we do what's right. Maybe it's through prayer that we learn to hear the widow's voice. We learn to hear God's voice, passionate and persistent, insisting that the world be different insisting that we be different. Maybe prayer is our way of being hounded by heaven. Many people struggle with prayer, wondering why they need to tell God what presumably God already knows, wondering if prayer can really change God. But what if prayer is not about changing God? God's love is unconditional. God's justice is perfect. God's compassion is unlimited. God knows our needs even before we do. It's not God who needs to change. We're the ones who need to change. God doesn't need to get with our program. We need to get with God's program. Whatever we ask for in prayer, maybe what we get is God's presence, God's justice and love filled to overflowing so we can share it with a broken world. Of course, prayer still takes passion and persistence. The determined widow would not have succeeded had she not had grit and guts. Our prayers need grit and guts too, not because God is reluctant to hear them, but because we are reluctant to give up control. Sometimes it's hard to get the unjust judge inside all of us to give up the driver's seat. What would it mean to be a people who go to prayer, not because we're trying to get something, but because we want to be hounded by heaven, because we're listening for the voice of God, passionate and persistent, 
coming from maybe the most unexpected of places. There's a Baptist minister who blogs online by the name Real Life Preacher, and he wrote one time about his experience with prayer. The weirdest thing I ever prayed for in church was a hermit crab. A little girl raised her hand and asked if the whole congregation would pray for her sick hermit crab. I don't remember exactly what was wrong with the crab. I don't know how you determine that a hermit crab is ailing in the first place. But she seemed pretty sure he was sick, so we took her word for it. Among those who bowed their heads that day was Roy, whose father died when he was nine. His mother was left alone to scratch out an existence with her and her two small sons. Chris was there that morning, too. Her father abused her for years and years, and no one in her family ever came to her rescue. I sneaked a glance at Chris and saw her bow her head. There were others with similar stories. The room was full of people who have been through hard times and done plenty of praying along the way and didn't always get the answers they were looking for. All the heads bowed except mine. I was left standing at the front wondering how you pray for a hermit crab in the presence of a man who prayed that his father would live. How do you pray for a hermit crab while looking at the bowed head of a woman who prayed that her father would stop? The people in my church have gotten used to the occasional pause before I begin to pray. This was one of the longer ones. You know what got me started? It was the heads. Roy's head and Chris's head, all of them, rows and rows of bowed heads, waiting expectantly. Toward the back, I saw the head of the little girl who asked for this prayer. Her hands were clasped in front of her so seriously. It was a gracious sight, a precious sight, and my heart was filled with love for these people. I was like the Grinch looking down on the town of Whoville and having a stunning revelation. Maybe prayer, I thought, means a little bit more. Here were people who would pray for a crab. They loved this little girl that much, and she felt comfortable enough to share the concerns of her heart. Even in the midst of their own unanswered prayers, they were big enough and small enough to pray with their young friend. And then I wanted to be like these people. I wanted to be praying with them, and I didn't care if it made sense or not. I said to myself, I'm praying for the stupid crab. And I did. And when the prayer was all over, the heads came up and no one knew what had happened to me. As far as they knew, a kid had asked for prayer and we had prayed business as usual. But it wasn't business as usual for me. Whatever I was praying for, I got what I needed. May we be a people that are big enough and small enough to pray. Not because it always makes sense, not because we always get the answers we seek, but because it is an overflowing of our love for God and for the world and for one another. And may we be a people that are passionate and persistent in prayer, not so that we can change God, so that God can change us. 
Change us into instruments of peace and justice and love for widows and hermit crabs and everything in between. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.